You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., episode number 206. You know, that insecurity that you just spoke about and that mind shift, like, that's awesome. That's the first step of leadership, right? You've got to have like a real self-awareness. And so thank you for that. I mean, that's awesome. That's a huge step right there. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. Investor Grit presents Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. Welcome to another edition of the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. And today you are in for a very special episode. Today's episode will be hosted by one of probably the smartest minds in real estate today, Mr. Todd Toback. Now, if you don't know who Todd is, He is a very successful wholesaler, easily generating seven figures plus per year, but he's also an expert on scaling and growing your wholesaling business because that's where many wholesalers get stuck, right? They start doing some deals, start making lots of money, and then before you know it, they're working 80 to 90 hours a week doing everything in their business, burning themselves out, and quickly hitting a ceiling on how much money they can earn. So this is where Todd really shines, and we've convinced him to come on the podcast and basically share his brain with you. Now, Todd is also a genius when it comes to negotiations with both motivated sellers and working with cash buyers. Oh, and I forgot to mention that he basically taught Tom everything he knows when it comes to wholesaling, and Tom attributes most of his success to Todd, who also happens to be Tom's stepbrother. So enjoy the episode. Hi, this is Todd Toback, and welcome to the special Next Level Wholesaling podcast episodes. Today, I've got a special guest, Michael McLeish from South Carolina, and uh, I'm real excited because Michael is a recent enrollee in our pilot program of Next Level Wholesaling, and I'll let him tell a little bit about his story, uh, where he started out, a little bit about his first deals, and then his journey to breaking from uh, employee in his own business, now migrating to a business owner, right, where we all are striving to get to, to have money that uh, is generated by amazing team members uh, in our sleep. So, Michael, welcome to the podcast. How's it going today? Yeah, uh, great, great. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. It's really a, an honor to speak with you live like this and, uh, you know, share my story with you here. And hopefully it's a, a help uh, to somebody out there that uh, is going through the same journey. All right. Well, Michael, tell us a little bit about, you know, how you get started in wholesaling and a little bit about that first deal. And that's a, that's a long, that goes back probably 2013, 2014. Um, I read rich dad, poor dad, and I didn't really know exactly what I was getting pointed at, but I was searching for something. I did not want to stay in my uh, then corporate career. Uh, I was a government engineer for several years and I just, I couldn't see a path to being set free. You know, it was, it was the, you know, the golden handcuffs though. It was a good job that was hard to let go. So long story short, I found somebody locally that was teaching wholesaling. I learned the fundamentals and uh, coincidentally moved and changed jobs, moved up to Denver, Colorado. So through then it was mostly uh, cold calling on ugly vacant properties and uh, a lot of hustle. It took me about a year to get my first deal, just really uh, just sneaking in a few hours. Uh, really was chaotic. I didn't really have a consistent method or a consistent approach. It was just, I'd 
remember to drive for dollars. And then when I, if I had some time, I'd make some phone calls after work. Mm-hmm. And nonetheless, finally got my first uh, deal. And then another, another one followed that a few weeks later. And proof of concept was now in hand. So, nice. <laughs> yeah. And I tell you what, there's nothing like the first one. Yes. Right. There's nothing <laughs> like the first one. It's great to automate. And, and believe me, I love to empower others. And that's really exciting. But I think sometimes we forget to uh, relish in the, in the small victories. So um, a year, I mean, that is a really, really long time. Most people by, uh, you know, by long have paid the guru and quit <laughs> Yep. <laughs> um, and, and became for one of sure. the many stats that say that didn't work for me. So congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. That was, that seems like a, a lifetime ago at this point, but, uh, yeah, I was just thinking about that earlier this week about where I'd started like that. Okay. So take us a little yeah. bit from the journey from that first deal, right? Because you know, yep. you've got the, you've got that one group of people who, never do a deal, right? And then there's a ton of people who actually do do deals, right? You know, maybe you're one or two and they're like, man, that was that was hard, right? And then you get a group of people who remain in this, you know, zone of just hustle, right? Where they're just hustling and hustling and they wind up making, you know, I don't know, anywhere between 50 and 150, maybe $200,000 a year, right? Just hustling and grinding, hustling and grinding, right? Tell us a little bit about your journey being that guy, or if I'm wrong, tell me you weren't that guy. <laughs> I was that guy for too long. It's by God's grace that I didn't give up, you know, several times that I, I never thought I would give up, but uh, there did come a point where my wife said, look, you can't do both. You can't do this part-time job and do a onesie twosie deal here. And you're always working and you're never with the family. I knew the proof of concept well enough. I'd done it a few times in Denver. And finally, I, I, I don't know if I would advise this to anybody, but we quit my job and moved across the country to start brand new in a brand new market and just say, I know this works and there's no excuses for me now. I don't have a job pulling me back and saying that's taking up my time. But that said, I didn't have to do that. I didn't get organized enough and serious enough about it. I always had one foot on one side saying, well, this is cool. I made, you know, 10 grand. I made 12 grand here, but I've, I got the golden handcuffs of this job here. And I don't know how to get unstuck from that. You really got to decide what you want to do and laser focus down that path and believe in it and believe in yourself. And I think for a long time, I didn't completely believe in myself enough to, to make it happen until we finally, my wife helped me kind of get over that hump. So then when we started in Greenville in, uh, let's just call it January 2017, that's been the the grind phase for the last year and a half. Finally got my first deal mid-year last year. I was a slower starter just to get that first deal to stick and then you know made, I don't know, 110 in assignments last year by the end of the year, the second half. So finally got some momentum going. By the third quarter, I've doubled that this year already through better process, more intentionality, cutting some fat and getting into things. But I'm still in that hustle, hustle phase that I think I was alluding to here before we started recording. But working with you, again, it's like now I have reached the ceiling like this. I can't really do much more myself and keep my family alive and marriage intact. Like I've got to start being present with my family and I want to continue to grow our business, make more money in the business and work less in it and have a life again. Right. So that was uh, once I heard about Next Level Wholesaling Program coming on board, I was like, that's exactly what I'm looking for right here. I, I just want a little more structure on how to find that escape velocity, if you will, uh, to get outside of the hustle orbit and out to something better. Right. You know, I think there's a big shift, Michael, in that 
at first, you know, we're different than everybody else, right? If you've actually done wholesale deals and you generated over six figures, you're wired differently than, you know, 90% of the population, right? And so you can go out there and hustle and do deals and sign them up and sell them and run to the title company and create this urgency that's like, bam, 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 right? And the reason why we get results is because we hustle, right? Like we move and we move fast and we take action and we don't take no for an answer. And it's this, a, a talent, right? That, and that helps us get there. But I think now that I've had, uh, you know, some exposure to everyone for the six weeks and I've seen some shifts in some people now taking that trajectory, I noticed that it's almost a curse now to get to the next level. That, that very, very talent that always has us going, like going, going, drive, 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 drive. Like now, 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 like nothing else matters to gener- generating revenue this second, right? <laughs> Actually holds us back. Yeah. So if you can, tell us a little bit about some of the stuff that you feel like was holding you back from now getting to that next level, like even some of the day-to-day activities or the way that you were acting or leading or hiring or any of those things, like tell us what you feel, some of the behaviors or at least mindsets. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's a mix of a lot of factors. You know, one, I could make the excuse, well, I just don't have time, right? I've got, I've got to keep hustling. I've got to keep finding the next deal. I've got 45 follow-ups today that I had, I didn't do yesterday. And so there's one excuse to saying, I'm just too busy. And I, you know, the fear of, well, if I stop all this, then all momentum is lost and I don't do a deal for another six months and I go out of business, right? So part of it is fear. Like it's, it's a little bit, I think my own personality, the fear of the unknown. I, I've been trained as a leader. You know, I, I did Air Force ROTC for uh, four years oh, wow. uh, back in college. Um, you know, so I was steeped in a little bit of a leadership culture. But that said, my entire career for the Air Force and then subsequently in the government was project management. And it wasn't really so much a one-on-one uh, leadership role, I guess, or, you know, hiring and, and uh, you know, day-to-day performance type of leadership position. So, so getting my head back into that game of, you know, how do I become a leader and how do I get people to believe in me when I scarcely believe that that this is possible? So that's been a big journey for me in the last uh, year and a half. I think Tom will tell you my mindset has had to change drastically from the old me to where I am today. And I have a long ways to go. By the way, thank so you for I sharing think, that, by the way. You know, I think, yeah, you know, like with the, the world of podcast and Facebook and everything, you know, there's a lot of people who are full of it. Right. And so to be real and raw is for me, you know, we've got a rule in in next level wholesaling, like stop lying, right? Stop lying, tell the truth. Right. And what we do week one is actually have you do your own (laughs) self-assessment of your business. Right. And I guarantee you, no one's posting their self-assessment the first day of next level wholesaling on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, probably not. (laughs) I I haven't had one do that. Right. Uh, And so, yeah. You know, that insecurity that you just spoke about and that mind shift, like that's awesome. That's the first step of leadership, right? You've got to have like a real self-awareness. And so thank you for that. I mean, that's awesome. That's a huge step right there. I appreciate that. It's been uh, an uncomfortable journey, but I mean, there's no sense in hiding it. It's, It's a part of who I am forever. And again, I know other people are probably out there struggling with it and don't really even know how to define it yet. So, you know, I think to your point, once you're honest with yourself and and can just be free to release that to the world, then uh, you'll be set free. Awesome. So tell me a little bit. So it sounds like maybe one of your own issues has been your 
own self-limiting belief, right? So now tell me now what shifted, right? So now we're going to, let's move on to the next phase and tell me one thing that you've changed in your business, right? That now is taking you to that next level, one step closer now to removing yourself from the business, or at least more of empowering others. And so that you could buy some of your time back. Yeah, that's a tough one to answer. And I hope I don't ramble off onto some tangent, not answer the question. You can only give me um, one. You can only give me one. That's what I'm not going to let you ramble. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Um, so the short question is what, what's the biggest mind shift change or what? Yeah. What, what, what's the biggest mind shift change or behavior change? You obviously invested in next level wholesaling and yourself, right? So there must've been a mind shift change, right? But maybe it could be a mind shift change or maybe one actually change in your business that now, yeah. you know, it, because of next level wholesaling, you're seeing a radical difference. Right. I think it was just making the decision and just saying it's, I think you've said it to me a hundred times, you know, what got you here won't get you there. And I started to come to that realization, you know, I, I, I was maxed out. Like I can't escape this business without other people doing the A to Z that I'm doing every single day. And maybe I'll be a part of some of it, but there's no reason for me to hang on to it because I know I can hire somebody who's better at sales than me. Cause I'm a, you know, I'm a geeky engineer. I don't know how to talk to people. Right. Right in spite of myself, I'm doing business. So if I hire the right person, how much better could this business be? Yes. Same with admin. I get geeked out about all kinds of stuff in there, as you well know too, but why not hire somebody who sees the big picture that can be focused on specific tasks so I don't get lost in the weeds and we can keep the business tra on track there. So it's coming to realize that there are are people out there that are better at specific facets in this business that I don't have to be a part of. And that's where the freedom will be um, if I put them in the right place. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about, you know, you've made the decision, right? Let's talk about a little bit about the changes, um, the actual physical changes in the business, right? So I don't want to lead you here, but I'm aware of one change that you made, uh, a decision that you made, you were kind of on the fence about, and then you, if you could share that and then kind of where you're at today with that. Right. Um, so I had, before I joined Next Level, I've had a bit of a journey hiring virtual assistants. Um, I hired my the first lady back in, I think, November of last year, and and she was okay. But then I, I found out she was moonlighting another job and, and basically... You know, she seemed distant during the day when we were supposed to be there, and I found out she was moonlighting another job. So, you know, that one didn't work out. Next lady was was pretty great, um, and after 30 days, she just ghosted me. She disappeared. So, I don't. That was kind of a big question mark. Uh, I have, I do believe it's my fault uh, for both of those that they left the way they did. And I'll I'll tell you about the third lady before my final hire that we got to. Last lady, I thought she was much better. Um, again, all everybody I've hired so far as a virtual assistant has been in the Philippines through either Upwork or onlinejobs.ph is how I've hired them. So the lady that I had working for me when I joined Next Level started off pretty good. And as we tried to further define her role, because I had left it a little bit open-ended, is really when it started to fall apart. And gosh, I mean, there's so many facets to this also. So when I joined Next Level and I said, Todd, you know, I, there's, I've, I do have a virtual assistant, but I'm really on the fence if she's the right fit. And as we talked about it, what we did, you know, one of the first steps, not to uh, surprise the content of Next Level, but we defined our core values. 
one of the first things we did in the course. And once I did that, looked at myself, looked at the company the way I want it to be and defined who we are, I could see right there, there was two or three glaring, obvious conflicts with this person. You know, the get it done attitude, that is one of our core values she was missing. It was, well, I'll, I'll you know, kind of get to it when I get to it. It was the um, quality and excellence that wasn't there. It was, you know, I'll just, I'll throw something up, you know, just to get by. But, you know, when 530 rolls around, I'm going to call it a day and I'll see it tomorrow. So a lot of those behaviors that bothered me, I didn't know why they bothered me until I finally wrote it down. I was like, oh yeah, it's obvious. That was the biggest thing. So when when we let her go and rather than hiring an acquisition manager, like I'd first wanted to, we want, I wanted to rehire the admin assistant role again. So again, looking at the core values and defining before she's hired exactly what tasks she should be competent in and a deadline for that, that role has been probably the biggest game changer in this new hire. The new lady that I have working for me now is working out amazing. She is a engineer uh, also. She was a um, production engineer for Nestle in the Philippines. And so I knew she knew process. I knew she knew organization. I knew she knew, you know, high intensity, getting things done. And once I defined all the things she's going to do and by when, and I gave that to her, we're three weeks in as of uh, Monday next week. And she's already almost to the 45 day expectations just because they're defined and she's kicking butt and she's worried that she's not doing enough. So very happy with that. <laughs> that yeah. is awesome. So let me ask you, your old VA, you know, what level were they performing on a scale of one to 10? Uh, big picture, probably about a six, Okay. a declining six. So, okay. I mean, she was probably an eight at one point and it kept stepping down. And the more I called her out, it, she actually collapsed under that pressure of improving instead yes. of improving. And then yeah. what about your current VA? What is she performing at? She's, I mean, she doesn't even know everything yet because I haven't given her all the training yet. Yeah. I'm being very meticulous in it. But for what I've asked her to do, I mean, she's got to be an eight, nine. Okay. I mean, I don't believe perfection is possible at this point. But right. case in point, yesterday, uh, I'm hiring for an acquisition manager now. And I just made a comment. I said, oh, I've got to get you know this next batch of emails out uh, to this list of candidates. She said, hey, why don't you give me the login for that email and I'll just do that for you. Okay. I mean, just out of the blue. Wow. And I'm like, okay. yes, this is it. <laughs> okay, so that is what happens when you have someone with your core values, right? That's yes. the get it on the attitude. They understand, right, that it's your, their job to make your life easier, right? And to focus on that and you want someone to take that. So, I mean, that was like kind of what I was looking for, right? Someone, there, there's accountability there and saying, hey, we're going to push the, the company forward. And if Michael is stuck in the weeds here, right, then, then that's not going to happen. And now because of that, you're gonna, your mind's going to be free. And now you can now make this step for this next hire. Now, the, the great thing about this, which I love, is that I've seen a lot of people like run out and try to hire an acquisition manager. And they're there for a month and they lose that person. Like, oh, that was so much work. I'm not doing that again, right? Yeah. Well, number one is that you're going to have an easier time hiring somebody because you've delegated some of the low-level tasks responding to that. But number two, you're going to have a much better taste in your mouth if it doesn't work out because it's not going to be as much of a chore. And three, you're actually going to be focused on interviewing the person instead of handling those low-level tasks, right? Which is going to put you in the yep. highest and best use. I mean, to me, that's so, so, so exciting. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, it sucks that I've had to hire four people in the last uh, year. Uh, yeah, we're almost at November again, but the last, I've learned so much. I mean, I've, I've tried and I failed, I've tried and failed, but every time I've improved the hiring process and now, I mean, everything's right there. It's carbon copy, you know, like here's the expectations, here's the training. If for whatever reason it doesn't work out, it's not the end of the world anymore. Like I felt, you know, when it was number two or number three right. of having to start all over again. So right. yeah, same, same point. You know, if the acquisition manager doesn't work out again, the underlying, you know, the, the low level plates are still spinning. Awesome. Exactly. So tell me a little bit about what are you most looking forward to next? I mean, is it that acquisition manager hire? Um, what's the, 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 the next step for you? Yeah, right now it's the follow-up. Um, I'm to the point where now I'm just going for low-hanging fruit. Yeah. And even that, it's got to oh, be the easiest awesome. low-hanging fruit. Oh, this right? is awesome. Hold, so... on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> this is going to be my favorite, right? Yeah. Because, Michael, do, do me a favor. This is where there's like no lying on the podcast where you're coming clean. But, <laughs> but everybody else, ready? Everybody else listening to this knows that if they don't have an acquisition manager, they're going through what you're going through. So I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut yeah. you off. No, it's perfect. So, you know, I, I use Podio and I, I'm looking at my overdue tasks and every day it's just like 30, 40 follow-up calls. Yeah. And, uh, oh man, I, I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't like it. And so I'm just like, okay, which ones stay hot or warm? And I'm just going to do those. And a lot of the new ones that, um, that came into the system three, four days ago, I haven't called yet. Right. Just because, you know, you know why, because so yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to is just replacing that, getting somebody that, I mean, I get when your workload is such, eventually you have a few overdue tasks and then you just move them to the next day and, and reprioritize as you need to. So having somebody, you know, working for me that's making those calls, I mean, I'll just, just knowing somebody's on the phone making these follow-up calls, I'm going to sleep so much better. I just having all that red yes. uh, waiting for me the next day <laughs> is just... It's just crushing <laughs> uh, mentally. Well, I can tell you so. a little bit of a process, and, and actually this document's inside Next Level Wholesaling, but we have a practice for all of our acquisition specialists called ATR, right? I don't know if you saw that in there, but it's called All Tasks Reprioritized. And so at the yeah. end of every day, they're supposed to either reschedule all their overdue tasks or eliminate them or do them, yeah. right? But that's all they're doing, right? Which... Now, just, you know, I remember when I taught that to my team and actually put that in a process, well, taking it off me and giving it to them was one thing, right? But because I didn't, I wasn't trained them properly, well, then they were getting out of control on them, right? And so I gave them that process to ATR at the end of the day, right? Reprioritize all their tasks. And the final step was that once a week on our meetings, right? When we do our sales meetings, which is different from our Monday morning meeting, Every once in a while, we'll, we'll have someone share their screen via GoToWebinar and spot check someone's tasks on Podio. Uh, you know, it's not like a coming down on you thing, right? It's like, hey guys, right. we're gonna do some coaching. Let's like take a look at someone's tasks. And like, you know, we're not here to uh, judge, but we're to see who's doing some good things right that we can learn from and where can we get better, right? And we'll say, well, take perfect. me through yep. your day-to-day, -day, what's going first, what's going second. And if someone's got like, a long thing of overdue task that they say, we don't even need to say anything, right? Because Everyone knows, <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? And it's not going to happen again. So man, I, my blood pressure went up when you just talked about all those overdue tasks. Um, yeah. so I can't wait, can't wait for you to see the fruit of <laughs> yeah. this. Uh, me too. Yeah. That'll be, I mean, number one, that's going to take 
probably the biggest burden off of me right now, just knowing that things are taken care of. And I mean, it, it affects the bottom line too, because if you're only going for the easy ones, you're, you know, I, I'm tempted to not do my full disposition process. Yes. Um, I'm going to go to like, hey, hey, you know, Mr. Buyer, I, I'm in a big bind here. I got this deal. Do you want it or not at this price? You know, and it's, you're cutting out up to half your profit by doing that. Yes. You know, so I mean, I, I'm trying not to do that. I actually have a deal with an inspection on Monday before the summit. So I'm still doing it on the good ones for sure. Right. Uh, but at the same time, on half of them, like, how can I sell this thing fast without doing that disposition? And I've got to get out of that mindset just yeah. for the, the sake of business and profit. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny. Like sometimes one thing will affect you another, right? We don't want to hire someone because we're going to save money. But then we realize that we just pissed away you know, $8,000 on three deals because we didn't sell them properly because we were too rushed. 24 grand, we could have paid someone four to actually do all of that work for us. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I know anybody, again, being the the nerdy engineer that I am, I mean, if I can get decent at sales, somebody that has, uh, you know, is just born for sales, is going to be knocking, you know, a deal a week, uh, maybe six a month out easily um, with, almost the volume of leads that we have right now, just cause I'm, I'm just, they're just going. Awesome. So a little bit, let's talk about marketing for a second right now. Now you, are you doing all cold calling, no direct mail or a little bit of both? Yeah, mostly cold calling. Um, a little bit of both. Well, frankly, it's nothing but cold calling. Since I hired my admin, I dropped everything else just because I, I can't do it. We are dabbling with a little bit of direct mail, like on the, you know, driving for dollars or vacant list. Once we've called it and it's dried up, We'll send them a letter or a postcard quarterly. Yeah. Um, nothing really too fancy. You know, same with probate and a few other niche lists. But you know, not big. I'm not doing any big like two, three, four thousand uh, postcard campaigns weekly like I used to. Okay. And do you have cold callers working for you? Yeah, I have one lady. She's in Costa Rica. Uh, I pay her twenty dollars an hour, and um, she is only making calls twenty hours a week. Okay. Right now. And how so. is that? And how is that working for you? I mean, you've outsourced that portion. Tell us yeah. how that how that's worked. That's been a, uh, a journey as well. Um, it's been hard to hire the right person. Uh, after I think four people, we we found her and she's stuck pretty well. She's gotten a lot better. Okay. And I have to give credit to Brent. Uh, there's some advice that he gave me. I hired her in February, and so this is uh, before next level. Yes. Okay. Yep. Probably around uh, June. May, June, uh, I was just saying, you know, this lady, she's just not getting it. You know, what should I do? Should I hire somebody else? And he was, he, one, he called me, I said, well, you got to be on the phone a little bit more. And then you have to be over the shoulder with her a little bit more. And at that point we figured out, why don't we do three-way calls on Skype? So we started implementing that where one day a week I would have one meeting, just giving her feedback from audio. And another day of the week, I would literally, uh, we would piggyback calls. So I'm watching her screen with Mojo up and she would make a call. I'd give her feedback and then I would make a call and I would say, what did you think of that? You know, and it, and it was a little bit more fun. So she could see me doing what I'm asking her to do. And I was able, I, I give her probably, you know, two thirds uh, or, or more of the calls to get feedback on, but I'll throw some into just to do myself. Um, that was a game changer that really accelerated her growth and, and capabilities uh, throughout the summer to where, you know, now I'm comfortable with her calling my best list, uh, wow. whereas before I was calling them. Okay. And so how many leads is she producing for you a week? Right now, um, she's about, I'm working on this. I, it's 
it's something we've been having problems with. I'd like her to be about one, let's say three leads for four hours yeah. on the dialer is kind of the gold standard I'm trying to get back up to. She's at about 0.56, I think, as of last week, leads per hour. So one lead every two hours. Okay. So 10 hours a week or tw- 10 leads a week. Okay. So it's a little low. Um, we're shuffling our lists around a little bit more, trying to get uh, into some better ones. But um, yeah, 10 to 15 leads a week is pretty normal. Okay. That's awesome. So do you plan on um, delegating that list management now to your new virtual assistant? Yes, it's pretty much been done. We're still working on some of the metrics that I or like goals that right. I want her to monitor. Uh-huh. But as far as building the list, skip tracing, getting them in the dialer, pulling them off the dialer, all that is now gone awesome. uh, as of this week. Oh, yeah, thank God. All right, well, Michael, thank you so much, man. This has been awesome. I'm sure. Uh, yeah. Thank you for for sharing your struggles and your successes. That's what really leads to progress, right? Is is yeah. really getting raw. Um, any last piece of advice for anybody listening? Man, there's so much I could say, but uh, again, I, I always say, you know, be consistent, trust in yourself, trust in your your coaches and your mentors. They know what they're talking about. Um, if you're an analytical type like me, again, I, I think it's just letting go of my misconceptions and preconceptions. And again, following that consistent path with the training that you've got. And uh, you can't not have success if you do that. Awesome. Well, thank you, Michael. If you're interested in learning more about Next Level Wholesaling, go to wholesalinginc.com forward slash next level. Michael, it's been a pleasure and I look forward to talking to you soon, my man. Okay, thank you so much, Todd. Talk to you soon. All right, bye. Bye Bye-bye. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at InvestorGrit.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.